Welcome to another podcast by Dr. Dennis Smith, Senior Pastor of Covenant Life Ministries. To find out more, go to lifeandfocustv.com. You know, what you do between the time that you pray and the time that you see results and you can say, there it is, is extremely important. What you do, and look, there's generally a waiting time between when you pray and ask, make your request known, and when you see the answer, right? It, most of the time it doesn't happen just before you get up off your knees or before you, you know, move to another room. It doesn't happen most of the time. Now, it's good when it does. I like it when it happens that quickly, but normally there's a waiting time there. And so that's really what we're focusing on is what do we do when we wait? And what you do while you're waiting will determine whether there will ever be a there it is. So these are important things we're talking about because we're, we're, we're looking at an area I think where a lot of us have lived, where we maybe had a little, uh, we've been discouraged sometimes when we didn't see things unfold the way we thought that they would and the way we prayed. Uh, the amazing verses, again, let's go back to them. First John chapter five, verse 14 and 15. The Bible says, now this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know or have confidence that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. There are several ingredients in, in, in effective prayer, in faith-filled prayer. It starts, the first ingredient, you have to have a relationship with Christ. Without a real relationship with Christ, without the sin problem taken care of, without forgiveness through the cross, without having now your heavenly Father to call upon, then, then it can't be effective prayer. It starts, of course, with a relationship with Christ. It must be word prayer. You, you go to find God's will. If you pray according to his will and you receive, then how do you determine his will? You go to his word and you pray accordingly. The Bible says that you know, we are supposed to abide in him and allow his words to abide in us. Learn to believe you receive when you pray. Hold fast to your confession. Watch your words. Don't undo your prayers, but what you say later. Don't waver. Be on guard. Allowing strife, unforgiveness, disobedience there that will hinder. And here, this is important too. We forget about this sometimes. When you and I pray, we need to be proactive. Proactive. The Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace. And a lot of people, when they approach God in prayer, they do it almost apologetically. They're so shy. And the devil loves to get into that picture and say, yeah, you're not worthy to call upon God. How can you expect him to hear from you with all that's going on in your life? And we need to understand that through Christ, we are made righteous and learn how to pray with authority because you have the right to ask based on Christ. You agree with that? So we need to be proactive in how we pray. A lot of us have just allowed the enemy to beat up on us 
and uh, just because we wouldn't stand and be proactive in our prayer life. Remember also this amazing verse from Mark chapter 11. It says, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, verse 24, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. When do you believe you receive them? When you pray. When you pray, believe that you receive them, you have received them, and you shall have them. An amazing truth of Scripture. So what about the time between praying, between the amen and the there it is, a manifestation? What do you and I do during that waiting period? Now, we don't like to wait. I think probably none of us like to wait. And I suppose I'm not the only one but it seems that I'm the one who has been uh, kind of separated out. And, and it probably is a result of my own confession over the years. You know, a lot of times your confession will trap you. What you say, your words will ensnare you. And so, you know, I, I'm waiting in line for something and there are several lines. And I'm watching for the fastest moving line, several lines. And I'm watching for the fastest moving line. I'm looking for the shortest line. I'm, I'll get in one, but I'll not really settle in that place because I continue looking for the fastest moving and the shortest line. And then, the prime opportunity, I move over to that line. Any guesses to what happens? <laughs> yeah, exactly. We don't like to wait. We instant gratification, we don't. But waiting is a fact of life. We need to understand there are right ways to wait and there are wrong ways to wait. We mentioned last week that you can wait being passive or you can wait being expected. The problem is sometimes that we don't like to waste, but on top of that, sometimes we waste our waiting. We waste that time when we're waiting. It could have been used to be producing the things that we need to go on in our lives. It could have been used to help us grow in expectation. It could have been used in an effective way. Don't waste your waiting by being passive, by being impatient. If we're impatient and wishy-washy, you're waiting for nothing. It's wasted. If you're gonna have to wait anyway, let there be good results from your waiting. Yes, slash, amen, good place. You know, it's like waiting at the wrong bus stop. You need to know that your bus will never come. You're wasting, you're waiting. It's like being on the wrong TV channel and still expecting to watch your program. You're waiting in vain. It's not going to happen. And always remember these encouraging words. Don't, don't. Just because you don't see anything happening, any sign, any there it is. Understand that there are things going on behind the scenes that you don't see. There are things happening as you stand in faith. Just because you can't see something happen doesn't mean that there's nothing happening. Last time we talked about what? Staying focused. While you're waiting, stay focused. Avoid distractions. There are all sorts of things competing for your attention every week, right? Every day, almost every moment. You're surrounded with things that can distract you. Demands on your time and energy, daily activities, even fun things that can preoccupy your life and distract you. Wrong, unproductive relationships can distract you. 
media devices, cell phones, etc., can distract you and, and keep you from being focused on things that are very important. Imagine what we could accomplish by learning to focus. We would eliminate a lot of wasted time and we would be more productive and less stressful. Be focused. Colossians 3.2, the Bible says, to set your mind, you know, second person pronoun understood at the beginning when it says set your mind, here's what it's saying to us. It's saying, you set your mind. Oh God, please set my, no, he says you set your mind. Set your mind, it means a decision has to be made. Set your mind and keep focused habitually on the things above, not on things that are on the earth which have only temporal value. Hebrews 12 too, Amplified Bible says, looking away from all that is distract, that distracts us, focus and focusing our eyes on Jesus who's the author and finisher of our faith, perfecter of our faith. Proverbs 4.25 says, look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Keep the main thing, the main thing. While you're waiting, stay focused. Now I'm pointing out four things, but I'm going to the second one today and I'm going to number three and four next week, the Lord willing. The second thing to do between the amen and there it is, while you are waiting to see the manifestation, second important thing to do is to raise your expectations. Be expectant, raise your expectations. You know, some of, the most, some of the most exciting, fun times in our lives are times of anticipation. You remember particularly when you were young or watching your children when they were real little and you began to, weeks, maybe months before, they began to anticipate Christmas. And as they move close to Christmas, they get more and more and more excited and, and, and until teachers say, hey, we might as well let school out even a week earlier because the last few days not any good too because the kids are so excited about what's going on, we can't teach them. So their expectations grow and increase because they are looking forward to something. Kids who are looking forward to turning 15 or 16, they forward have a driver's license, I can drive legally. Wedding, people who, who, who plan for years maybe or months that planning for that wedding day and, and as they get closer and closer, there might be a lot of feelings going on, a lot of emotions during that time. But one of them is anticipation, is expectation. It's, 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 when you're looking forward to something good, it's great. In fact, when you've got a, a real expectation, anticipation for something good, it'll help you while you're waiting. Pause. Selah, think about that a moment. If you will learn to have a spirit of expectation and get down inside of you something that you believe, you have come for, you're looking for, if that's growing inside of you, then you're not feeling like you're wasting the waiting time. It'll encourage you. It, it actually will encourage you. Now, It's, it's, it's also, you know, there's, there's good expectations and there's bad expectations. I remember that one of the, 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 the time when, when it was a bad expectation was when you've really done something wrong as a kid and your mom says, wait till your dad gets home. <laughs> and you're 
expectations do a number on you while you're waiting to see what's going to happen. Expectation is a strong belief and confidence that something will happen. We usually think of it in a positive sense that says, I'm looking forward to something. I'm anticipating. It's going to really happen. And this is the truth. We tend to see the things we expect to see. We tend to hear the things we're expecting to hear. We tend to feel the way we expect to feel. We tend to accomplish those things that we expect to accomplish. It's like when somebody does something stupid, we say, well, what did you expect? David in Psalm chapter, Psalm 5, verse 3, the New Living Translation says, listen to my voice in the morning, Lord. Each morning I bring my request to you and wait expectantly. Now, I don't know when your main prayer time is, your focus time. Uh, people kind of have different clocks, inner clocks as far as, you know, some people are very productive early in the morning and some people aren't. Yeah. We're on different pages most of the time when that comes, aren't we? <laughs> the morning, I get up, there's energy, I'm ready to go and everything. And she is too, kind of, but it hits about nine o'clock or so at night, none, and she's ready to go and do this, let's do this, let's do this. And I'm saying, you know, don't forget, I'm a morning person. My day is done. But David established a habit, and I think there was, there was something about it being the first thing in the morning. It was the first thing in his life. Because you can either take that time and pray and seek the Lord's guidance and follow him throughout the rest of the day and believe that he, will, that he has answered and will answer and manifest those answers throughout the day that's ahead of you rather than getting to the end of the day and saying, Lord... Help me. Look what all I had to go through today. You know, there's something about starting off the morning with expectation. It's a good thing. And David said, when I do that, I wait in expectation. Also in Psalm 62, verse 5, my soul waits silently, quietly for God alone, for my expectation is from Him. Now, I know through this, you're going to hear the word expect and expectation a lot of times. I, I try not to do this and just repeat words over and over and over and over again in the message. You know, you try to find different words that says the same thing. But I'm not going to apologize for today because we need to get the spirit of expectation and the power of expectation down deep inside of us and learn the role that it can play in us receiving from God. Yes. Expectation must be more than just hope. This is important. While hope may motivate us, expectation is the next step which will prepare us to believe, to receive and believe for what will happen. Hope will motivate you, but it won't get you there. Here, here's, we talked about the difference between hope and faith before in, in, a, in another series, but this is something that really is important. So let me share it again. You must have hope before you can have faith, right? You must know that there's some up there. You must know that there's an answer out there. You must know that there's a promise out there. You must know, have a reason to hope 
in order for you to have faith. So you can, you must have hope before you can have faith. When hope is gone, you no longer expect anything good to happen. But this is important too. You can have hope and still not have faith. Prayers are not answered based upon what we hope for, but what we have faith for. Now, I think sometimes in our praying, it stops short of moving from the level of hope to the level of faith. And what happens, that hope in you grows and it builds and it builds and it begins to move toward expectation. And expectation becomes what we call faith, that we really are confident that this is true. There are levels of expectation. Some can be positive, some can be negative, some can be good and bad. But this expectation can go from no expectation to low expectation to high expectation or as we say, great expectations. Once you pray and something doesn't happen immediately, you don't seem to get results. Oftentimes, immediately after you prayed, you're feeling pretty good about it. Right? It would be expected. I prayed, Lord, you said you answered my prayer. I, I'm looking forward to this. But then time passes by. And while you're waiting, what normally happens? the expectation level drops, decreases. And you move further away from faith into just hoping and then finally maybe into discouragement. I'm wondering, does that make sense to anybody other than just me? Two or three of us? Okay, good. I'll go with that then. Seriously, I think we all see that this is true. This is so true. In Philippians chapter one, Paul talked about earnest expectations. He had earnest expectation. And that word in Strong's Concordance or in Greek actually means he was intensely expecting something to happen. That's where you want to get. But unfortunately in our life today we hear words like, well now don't get your hopes up. Don't get your expectations too high. That's the world system. That's what we say in the natural world. That's humanly speaking. But God wants us to have great expectations because he's a great God and he's given us tremendous promises. But we got to move in that direction. Some people, even Christians, they expect the worst practically all the time if they expect anything. Now, the last thing I want to move toward today is talk about the basis for your expectations. What are your, what are your expectations based upon? Sometimes people's expectations are based on their past. How they were brought up. What they're used to. Even in the area of just the way people respond to certain situations, the way they act. You know, there, there are, when I can think about all sorts of things that apply to this and we could really get into some things here, but you know, there are some families, unfortunately, that it's customary for them to just yell at one another. 
And even kids get used to their parents yelling at them until they have been inoculated. They're immune to that. You understand they're immune to that. They don't care how much you yell at them then. They're going to wait until the very last moment to do what you've told her. Don't ask your kids to do something. You are the parent. Give them instructions. There are times, yes, as I ask, will you please do this for me? But when you have instructions for your children, it's important to say, you need to do this. I want you to do this. It's important. You understand we can get on a real big soapbox right there, don't you? <laughs> but we won't. And I say that not because it's, a, it's trying to make anybody feel guilty or any parents feel guilty. I'm saying because our families are hurting today. They're hurting because there are parents that unfortunately are struggling with issues with their children and disciplinary issues and how, how to deal with things and how to deal with other influences on those children's lives. They're struggling. And, and I believe that, that Christian parents have responsibility to dig in and find those resources out there that will help them raise their children in a godly way. But there are certain atmospheres you don't want to have in your home. You don't want to have an atmosphere of strife in your home. You just don't want it there. You don't want fear in your home. You don't want an atmosphere of anger in your home. And, and you as parents have the responsibility with the help of the Lord to guard and establish a certain kind of atmosphere in your home. And you can. Well, we'll help you with that. But families are different because people are different. Different personalities, right? It's true. In some places it would be completely normal to kind of yell at one another. That's the only way, that's the only way they know to respond to something. It's it's what they expect. It's how they were brought up. But then there are some families who go the other, uh, other end of the spectrum there. There are some other families that are huggers and kissers. <laughs> now if you were over on this other side and they, could, kids, and they grabbed you and hugged you and kissed you, they say, what in the world is wrong with you? But in some places, if you don't do that, they say, don't you love me anymore? Expectations can be so colored by our past experiences, by how we were brought up, by what's happened to us before. Because if you faced some real challenge before and it didn't go well, chances are if you're dealing with something like that again, you're going to have a little hurdle to get over there because you're thinking about the fact, well, now wait. That didn't work out before. So, so, so it's hard for you to establish a real sense of faith and expectation that will that'll go right this time. You're judging it based upon maybe past failures. Things didn't happen the way you want to. But it can go the other direction too. I think of one Old Testament example where basically David in his testimony said, talking about his previous experiences and his expectation, David said, hey, Look, because I'm a covenant person, God, I'm, I'm, I'm part of the covenant person. I've killed lions and I've killed bears. So Goliath, no big deal. His expectations was no problem. 
Why? Because he says, look, God helped me there. I walked through that situation by God's grace. I saw, I saw these things happen. And now, next time when I'm facing something, I can, with the same expectation, believe that I'm going to walk through this too. Man, it's a good thing to help build your faith that way. From the Word. Human assumptions, false premises, misleading evidence. As a, that, can, that can really, really be a, a problem. To, you don't base your expectations on that. Don't base your expectations on what other people tell you. Now, if it's a born-again Christian, a spiritual Christian, a leader, mentor, someone, yeah, I think you can. I think you can bank on that in some ways. But I'm talking about in the ordinary affairs of life, it's dealing with different people. Some people will just, if you let them, they will just kill every dream you have. They'll be very sincere in saying, well, I don't know where you'll try that or not. And what they're actually doing is, is they're raining on your parade. They're your expectation. So be careful. Be careful about that. What we really need to base our expectations on is what God says about us and what God says to us concerning His promises. The Scripture. What the Holy Spirit tells us to do. I want to go to the one thing here that I think is important for us to hit on. And go to the Old Testament with me to 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41, and bring things down to a conclusion here. Now, this is the second conclusion. I'll be the third conclusion in just a moment. <laughs> Elijah in the Old Testament, 1 Kings. A lot of amazing things that happened just before you get to these verses where uh, we send fire come down from heaven and consume the sacrifices that uh, Elijah had placed, the prophets of Baal and their false uh, uh, idol worship God. The, the prophets of Baal had been slain, been killed. Some, some powerful things that happened just before this. Now you have to understand that back sometime before this, in the middle of a three-year drought, the Lord gave a promise to Elijah. And he said that he would send rain to Israel. But it didn't happen right away. You understand? Between the promise and there it is. It didn't happen right away. But there came a day. You have to understand, after that promise was made, it didn't, it didn't rain. It was still dry. They were still in a drought for a while. Then Elijah said to Ahab, these are verses 41 through 46. Elijah said to Ahab, the king, go up, eat and drink, prepare yourself for there is a sound of abundance of rain. This was while there were no clouds in the sky, you understand. Verse 42. So Ahab went up to eat and drink and Elijah went up to the top of Mount Carmel and then he bowed down to the, ground, to the ground and he put his face between his knees and he prayed. He said, and as he prayed, he said to his servant, go up now and look forward out toward the sea. He said, go, you know the reason he told him to go out and look forward, look out toward the sea? Because Elijah expected to see. See? See. Yes. Uh, okay. He expected to see results. He expected to see what God had promised. So here's such an interesting account here. It says, 
So he sent his servant or assistant out there and he said, go look and see if it, if it looks like it's going to rain. And the servant came back and he said, uh, no, there's nothing there. And so Elijah said, well, go look again. Second time. And he went and looked and he came back and said, no, still nothing there. Third time. No, still nothing there. Fourth, go, go look. No, nothing there. Elijah's praying while this is going on, you understand? He's praying with expectation, you understand? Because he knows God's promised it so he can pray with expectation. So while he's doing this, fifth time, go out and look. No, still nothing out there. Sixth time, nope, still nothing out there, Elijah. You know, what if Elijah said, well, my goodness, maybe I, maybe I misunderstood God. Maybe this is not the time. He starts with all the maybes and he moves into doubt and he, his expectations could start to dwindle. No, that's not what happened. On the seventh time, seven represents, in many ways, represents God, represents deity, represents divine, it represents completion in the Bible. And we could call it the seventh hand of God. On the seventh time, the servant went out, the assistant went out, and he looked, and he came back to Elijah to ask, what did you see? What did you see this time? And here's what he said. There is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. You know, you know who that was. You understand that's the seventh hand. You understand that's more than just seeing the big cumulus clouds and one shaped like this and shaped like that. No, this is actually the move of God taking place here. He says, I see a cloud and to me it appears just small. It's just small and it's insignificant. Well, you know, you could get a little discouraged then, but here's what Elijah said based upon the promise and his expectations had grown so high. Here's what Elijah said. Go up and say to Ahab the king, get your chariot ready. Go down before the rain stops you or prevents you from going. What if Elijah quit after the sixth time? Well, interesting. But the king did exactly what he asked him to do. He got everything ready, his chariot to head out because the rain was coming down in torrents. And as he headed in that direction toward Jezreel, which is about 20 miles, as he went in that direction, <laughs> I love this picture because it, this is true. It's, the Bible's not a fairy tale, you understand? When you're reading the Bible, when you read about these situations, you understand they actually happen. It actually happened with Jonah. It actually happened with Noah. These things actually happen. Do you really believe that? Yes. You're one of them then, aren't you? Okay, all right, that's good to be one of them. Well, Elijah... It says his cloak is out of garment. He tucked it up his waist there and he started running toward Jezreel. And I can just see it. I just see it. Here the chariots are going because the rain's coming down. They're driving the chariots. They had 20 miles to Jezreel. And here comes Elijah running right along. And the Bible says he ran past him. As far as I know, he was not training for a marathon or, or for a, a, you know, a 10K or, or anything. You know, this was, it says the hand of God was upon him. This was supernatural. The very power and hand of God came upon him and he even overtook the king there. 
Amazing accounts. He said, go look again. Go look again. I believe I received. I heard the promise of God. Go look again. Go look again. Oh, a, a cloud the size of a man's hand? There it is. There it is. He got to his there it is moment because his expectations stayed intact. It was there. Expectation is the final step to manifestation and it's how you become content while you're waiting. Faith is when you believe the word is true, but if you fail to personalize that word, you won't expect it to happen to you. I'm saying an awful lot this morning. But these are extremely important things. What do you expect? You know, sometimes God in his grace and mercy, he just blesses us even when, even when there's a little bit lacking in that area of expectation, doesn't he? Aren't you thankful for that? He's good. One thing that I remember is, uh, is Jesus was teaching along the, the, the shore there, Sea of Galilee. He was teaching along that way. And the Bible says that uh, he saw two boats. And he was teaching people and he, he saw that uh, Peter there, they, they, they had an entire fishing company there, you understand, business. And Jesus said, can I, you know, I want to use the boat for just a little while. Let's, people are gathering around close. Get in and let's push out in the water just a little ways. And of course, there's actually some sound dynamics there that over the water and in the hillside there that they could hear him better. But he's out into the water in a little ways. Well, he gets through teaching the people. The service is over, you understand. And when the service is over, he says, uh, now when he first saw Peter before he asked him to use his boat, all of them were out there cleaning their nets, which meant that they had been fishing all night. They were cleaning their nets, prepare for the next time because they had been fishing all night. So after all the preaching is over, the teaching's over, Jesus says, go out a little bit deeper into the water and put your nets down so that you can catch some fish. In many ways, we're so much like him, so much like Peter. Peter said, Lord, I've been fishing all night long and didn't get a bite. Not even a nibble. Well, you wouldn't got that net anyway. Because I caught nothing. I've been fishing all night and I got nothing. It's hard to be expectant when things like that happen to you. And he had that, I think, somehow in the back of his mind, he was thinking, now Jesus, you're a preacher. I'm a professional fisherman. Sometimes people think they, sometimes people think they know, sometimes people have a problem because they think they know more. than someone else who's in authority knows. He said, Lord, I've been fishing all night. Haven't caught a thing. You understand, Lord, he didn't say this, but I, I just believe in my mind. He was thinking, I know how to fish. How many times have you been fishing, Jesus? I know how to fish. And here's what, here's what, here's what happened. He was all night, caught nothing. He says, but nevertheless, 
at your word because you're telling me to, according to what you're saying, I'll do it. And I have to believe that Peter pushed on out deep in, deeper in the water in his boat and he actually was surprised when he put that net down and it was filled to overflowing, couldn't even hold them. I don't think he had very much expectation going out there, even when he was desiring to walk in obedience. So God in his wonderful grace and his faithfulness, blessed in spite of that. But we want to have raised strong expectations. Simeon was a Old Testament, a devout man who waited in the temple there. You read about it in Luke chapter two and it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit a long time before that he would not die before he had seen the Messiah come, the Lord's Christ. He spent so much time praying there in the temple. He had been given that revelation from God that he would see him. And as he waited, he waited day after day. I mean, this has got to be, an, uh, you know, some years passed by. And he continued to wait. God, you told me that before I die, I'll see it. Before I die, I will see it. Luke chapter 2, we know that Jesus was born. And when the right time came there, then Mary and Joseph brought him to the temple. And it so happened that everything just worked out that, that they crossed paths that particular day, that particular time. And uh, he saw him. He saw him. He saw the Messiah. He'd been expecting it all this time. And on one day, after all these times, one day, all of a sudden, there was. He said, ah, Lord, you've kept your word. I've been expecting and now I see there it is. And here's what he said. Lord, now your servant can die in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation. Folks, let's learn to develop an atmosphere of expectancy in our lives and in our home, in our family. In order to do this, you must know what God has promised you. You, must, you can't believe for something you don't know has already been promised. You, can't, you cannot have faith if you have no hope or basis for that faith. Guard your heart. Take your thoughts captive when you begin to have those doubts and things. Keep your expectations intact. Watch your words. When you're going about this time, ask myself, am I, am, is my expectation level, is it growing, increasing, or, or is it decreasing? Am I confident? Am I listening to the Holy Spirit? Let me tell you, God will increase your level of expectancy until you move toward that day when you can say, there it is. There it is. There it is. Waiting without expectation is like going down the wrong road. You will never get to your destination. While you are waiting, expect. Proverbs 23, 18 says, surely there's a future and a reward. God's promise that eternal life, heaven, God's promises are true. They're yes and amen. Surely there's a future and a reward and your hope and expectation will not be cut off. This is a message this morning to encourage you. You may be at that place right now to where you have prayed. You are standing 
upon the word. And you're dealing with issues of where, uh, uh, the attack of the enemy, the love that, that, that Satan loves to come and steal the seed of God's word away from you and cause you to become distracted and get you to look in the wrong directions and, and to get you discouraged. But I just want to say this to you this morning. I believe this is a word, I believe this is a word for this morning to us. I don't know what specific word or how the Lord has used it in your life, but I believe this is a word for us today. What are your expectations right now? And do they line up with the word? And do you, are you willing to submit to the Lord, submit to his word and say, Lord, I'm going to anchor in. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this next week. This will make a little bit more sense when I get to this next week. Get into a place where you have an atmosphere that grows expectation, that increases it. And learn to feed it every day. Feed your faith, your expectations. Don't feed your doubt. And keep your eyes focused on there it is until you see it. All that we're really asking for all of us, all we're really saying, will you, while you're waiting, live expectantly? Will you see your expectations raise and grow and increase? You may not see your prayers answered right now, this moment. You may not see any change tomorrow. But will you make up your mind today that, Lord, I'm going to live in the house of expectation until I see it and I say, there it is. Thank you, God. Thank you, God.